Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome on another exciting episode of Partially Excited. We've got another inspirational individual. His name is Mitch Levy. He's a TEDx speaker. He's a publisher. He does all sorts of cool stuff, which we're going to find out very soon. Hello, welcome to the show, Mitch. How are you doing today? Aaron, great to be here. And I am more than partially excited. <laughs> I know that. We're going to understand why are you more than excited, you know? Uh. Well, I, I, I get to be here with you. From what I remember, you're you're a pretty cool dude doing some amazing stuff. And I'm uh, and this is a long show, so it's an opportunity to really to really break out with some some really deep content. I, I totally agree. And, you know, you're a book publisher, but when did you love to read books or to be in books, you know? Hmm. No one's ever asked me that question before. I don't know if I've ever loved reading or being in books. You know, they were always they were always a means to an end. Uh, how I started the publishing company is is I've been in Silicon Valley for thirty five years, and I was I was at Sun Microsystems at the time before the world sort of knew there was this thing called the internet. And uh, the internet sort of came about when Mark Andreessen in, in, invented Mosaic in, in 1995. And so I left Sun Microsystems in 97. I was that guy from Silicon Valley that was going around the companies, talking to CEOs and VPs of operations, saying, you know, there's this new technology called the internet. And with that technology, we're going to be able to talk directly to our customers. We're going to have our subcomponent manufacturers ship product directly to our customers. And, and Aaron, I was physically 
walked out of some buildings because they kept telling me the internet is a fad. And uh, so that was good until the top bomb, which is in, in uh, the 2000 timeframe. And uh, I started my publishing company in 2005. You know, I had a couple other businesses. I sat on the board of a public firm during that time frame, and I was looking for that next, that next technology evolution. And what I saw was the democratization of book publishing, and I just wanted to play a part. What got you interested in playing a part? Being part of anything that's transformational, being part of being the 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 navigator to help people understand whether it's, uh, now I only speak one ang one language, I'd say English, although one might argue that it's not Queens English, it's American English. But what I do do is I do speak multiple people languages, uh, kinesthetic, oral, visual, uh, marketing, finance, sales, um, you know, and so I've always been when I've worked for other people and then worked for myself, I always find myself as the the intermediary, the one explaining how to get from where we were to where we're going. And so I I took that as a role when book publishing was transforming. And now I take that as a role in as humanity is transforming. Was this a gift you picked up from childhood or teenagerhood, or was this something you developed in your early adulthood? You know, I it's a great question, and I I think I was born with it. That said, I, I don't think I really woke up in life till sometime in college. Wow! So so you it, it became aware in college, you know. Yeah, it's, um, you know, there are many things one learns in in uh, in college. I, I think I must have been sleepwalking through my earlier, my earlier life. And there may be many different reasons for that. And it was, it was college where I sort of came into my own. And I think, I think the, one of the things I like, for instance, I'll give you an example. I like to observe what's going on in the world and find patterns. Uh, it turns out that I ended up in the perfect undergraduate degree for who I am today. Uh, the degree, I, I love saying the names because as long as I could say and pronounce the syllables, okay, I'm doing all right. My, my undergraduate degree was in stochastic and deterministic models of operational research. And what that really means is I was taught how to model systems and people and improve them. And it turns out that that really is what I what I do, and it it leads towards when uh, what was interesting about book publishing um, is that I ended up in two thousand towards the end of two thousand seventeen, I ended up doing my first TEDx talk, and you know when you do one of those. The most important element is to come up with a concept, with a value, with an idea worth sharing. So we're taught how to talk in marketing speak, how to sell all the time. I mean, that's generally what happens when you're an entrepreneur. 
And so in thinking outside the box of how I normally think, I recognize something really important. I recognize as a book publisher, and, and at this stage, I've, we've, we and my team, we've published over 750 books. I, re I recognized towards the end of 2017 that my target market was the wrong audience. I was still, the transformation of book publishing have, has really occurred and still continues to occur. And I was still publishing a little bit more like a traditional publisher. And what I needed to do is transform my business to be one where uh, the target market were busy, successful professionals looking for more credibility with a book, but they don't have time. So what I ended up doing, Aaron, I, I built a writing school in 2018, picked up 10 clients and got to deploy it. And in 2019, I recognized the need to change my name, change my branding. So I, so I flew to a friend's location in Miami, spent two days and settled on the brand for me, Global Credibility Expert. And what happened is two months later, I woke up with a Napoleon Hill moment. What I what I recognized or, or what I what what sort of popped in my head when I got up in the morning was simply Napoleon Hill, 500 millionaires think and grow rich. If Mitchell Levy interviewed 500 thought leaders on credibility, I'd have a book. And and now you can see this because I have my video on. But for those listening, I'm holding my book. It's called Credibility Nation. It's an international best-selling book in seven countries. What happened, though, is I got significantly more than a book. Um, I, I did, as products are concerned, I, I actually did another TEDx. Um, that particular TEDx is called We Are Losing Our Humanity, and I'm tired of watching it happen. Um, and I also created a membership community. The gift that I received that I didn't expect is my guess it's a gift that I've been told to do my entire life and I've ignored. And that is, if you look around the world and you see the people in the world that are in your definition of the word credible, and I've come up with a, a, a variant, a, an updated definition of credibility. Um, if you look around the people who are, who are credible, there are more people in the world that are dubious, which is to me the opposite of credible. And so my gift um, that I was given and I'm now working on is before I die, we as society, as humanity, we need to tip the scale between those that are credible and those that are dubious. Wow, fascinating. Love it. Um, what did you learn in interviewing, you know, the 500 credible people? I think I've learned how to live. I, at a, at a deep level, I've learned how to how to live how to be how to interpret life in terms of life being is how we live work and play how to do that credibly and the importance of surrounding yourself with those people who are on the same journey credibility is a journey it's not a destination it's you can't just get a badge and say hey i'm credible what happens is it's something you have to do every day even even people i know even people who are absolute uh friends who i think are credible what they're going to do is is they're going to say things and act in ways that are occasionally dubious now they don't do it because they're being mean 
or malevolent or malicious. They do it because that's what they were taught. They were taught that and those before them were taught that as well. And they do it because it works, not because they're thinking about whether or not it's it's right or wrong, right? Good or bad, um, credible or dubious. And so what happens is part of living credibly, you want to have a, a framework where you could judge yourself and you want to surround yourself with accountability partners. And with those partners, so one of my one of my greatest partners, we I was just with him a couple of days ago and he said something and I go, you know, that's kind of dubious. It's it's not what we should do, not how we should act. And just those words, I believe, would change his existence for the rest of his life. Right. So let me tell you a couple of things I learned. And these are these are these are just pure stats. Uh, when you watch my TED talk, those that are listening and, and you're curious, just type in Mitchell Levy, Mitchell Levy TED talk. You'll see both. But the one the one that's worth looking at is I'm at, we are losing our humanity and I'm tired of watching it happen. And in the talk, I actually give. I give five stats, which which came out of the out of the interviews. So one of the statistics, which is really, it still appalls me beyond belief. Two percent of those people, two percent of people who signed up for interviews have no integrity. They sign up for an interview. This is and I do live. I was doing live interviews. They sign up for interviews. They did not show up and they did not say why before or after. Now. Aaron, you do podcasting. So what typically happens when I when I talk to, to fellow podcasters or video casters is they say they say one of two things. Hey, Mitchell, that's pretty good or that's pretty normal. That's what I get. And my response is always the same. That is not good. That is not normal. That shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. All right. The, the next statistic and, and these I've got two that go together. So what happened is I defined, when you're doing a live interview, I defined coming late as within three minutes. Because if you're doing a live show, the, the, the podcast host is starting to panic if the person's not there within three minutes. 23% of the people I interviewed came late. Now, let's make it worse. Are you ready? Yeah. Four percent of the people interviewed came after the hour. It's like it's like shocking. I I mean, I could even hear the intake of your breath, which I want to keep in here so people could see it because I could feel you kinesthetically. Yeah. Twenty. I mean, four percent of the people thought when they were being interviewed by the global credibility expert that it was credible it was credible to come after the hour to talk about their credibility wow it's kind of like huh (laughs) (laughs) now what i'm going to say is it's possible that they were taught wrong or they had somebody book you know if you're doing a bunch of podcasts What's what's the distinction between mine and somebody else's, right? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, well, there was a 16-minute video on how to prepare. Because one of the ways to do things well is you need to have people. One of the ways to build community is you need to have people have a common language. So that 16-minute video helped people understand what is the language, how to answer the questions, how to really produce something that's that's really valuable. 
And what it said in the interview, in that 16 minutes, one thing it said was, why don't you make sure that you come five or 10 minutes early so we could even talk a little bit in the green room. So it may mean that they didn't watch or they forgot, or it may mean that the person who books their calendar just books them back to back. So if you're listening, here's one of the recommendations. If you get on a podcast, my recommendation, and I have somebody who books me on podcasts, what I ask her to do is she can only book me if there's a two hour block. So I typically have a half hour before the show just to get my mind wrapped around stuff. There's an hour for the show and then there's a half hour after the show. And and that's normal. Occasionally things slip in like what you and I have today. Occasionally things slip in and I try to work around, but I'm with you. So you you win. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so so anyhow, that that would be my recommendation. It is crazy. So those are those are those are three things. Um, I, I'm just going to jump to the end and, and tell you the one that still absolutely blows me away. 98% of the thought leaders, some really well known, some not, 98% of the thought leaders could not articulate who they served and the pain point they addressed in 10 words or less. That's another one. So, by the way, in, in the 16-minute video, I challenge people to be part of the 2%. And I think about that as your purpose. You know, if, if, if you're in today's world, if you're working, my hope, my dream, my promise is that if you're working, you should be doing what you love doing. If you don't love what you're doing, you should be doing something else. I mean, we've we've reached this stage in society. Now, this is not the way we're trained. This is not part of the industrial age. This is not part of how the educational system works today, but it should. This is where we're moving towards. We're moving towards a world where you need to find your passion. You need to find your purpose. You need to figure out how to deliver value to other people based on your purpose and to get paid for it. And so that's what we would do in the interviews, particularly in the green room. And that is, we would we would talk and we'd listen. And my first question, Aaron, I'll tell you my first question. Um, I, I created a term called CPOP. Um, the, the letter C, P-O-P, it stands for customer point of pain. Now, some people don't like talking about pain points, so you might call it customer point of pleasure. We might call it the credibility proposition. But what it represents is 10 words or less that really describes that audience that represents good customers for you. And so I've got one that's that's really broad. And so in my lifetime, I, I remember I mentioned I was going to tip the scale between those that are credible and those that are dubious. So my lifetime purpose, my lifetime CPOP is humans that want to be seen as credible. Love us. Yes, it's hard for people to identify. And, and although everybody wants credibility, they don't necessarily want to do things about it for themselves. So I have one that's much more focused on today. 
And, and typically the clients that find me, my, my CPOP businesses that feel invisible. Think about those four words, businesses that feel invisible. And, and what typically happens when somebody articulates their CPOP is the question that forms in the mind of the person who's listening is, what do you mean? Tell me more. So I'll ask that question and, and then I'll, I'll answer it for you. And by the way, that happens to be the second question of the interview is tell me more. Yeah. In, in this particular case, I'll, I'll say something that as soon as you hear it, you can't unhear. And that is even the 98%, the, that 98% of people who, who could not articulate their CPOP, even those people who are well-known, even if you're well-known, if you can't articulate your purpose, you are invisible. Wow, that's kind of mind shocking, you know. <laughs> it's hard to it it's it's hard to unhear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, you know, you've heard people say do that. Well, why don't you really do what you really want to do? Yeah, I totally agree. And over in doing this process to to write the book and to do the TED Talks, did you realize that what you were doing is your passion? Hmm. I do love your focus in life and your questions because I love getting questions I've never been asked before. I think I'm going to I'm going to say yes and no at the same time. I'm going to say yes from the perspective of one of my superpowers is building systems. And so I just wanted to show me and 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 show those who, who were paying attention. I wanted to show that I could build a system that while I'm still running my publishing company, I could interview 500 people in a year on Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons. And I did that. The no part is I didn't realize that I didn't have a humanity focused life purpose. Actually, I guess I did realize that. I didn't know that I needed one. Uh, not that everyone needs one, but I didn't realize the importance of my contribution to the world and what I needed to do. And so it was, and here's the cool part. Uh, I finished, I finished the interviews in August of 2020. And so now uh, a little over a year later, I'm still learning every day. I'm still figuring out how this works, essentially how to live, work and play credibly and how to, how to encourage others to want to play in a community where people are on the same journey because there's so much noise out there. So to answer your question, the yes was I love doing it every step along the way and all the learning. And and the no was, I just wasn't, I didn't realize that the ultimate gift because the book is just a tangible asset. The, the, the TEDx talk, just a tangible asset. Um, I created a membership community called Credibility Nation. It's just a tangible asset. What I 
what I realized and what I received is how do I carry myself? How do I show up in the world? How do I, how do I encourage others to show up? And, and that's a gift that I did not expect to get. Tell me more about you realizing your gift and showing up to, to the world as the human of Mitch that you are. <laughs> I like Mitchell, by the way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's really, it's really interesting. So what I'll do is, is, is first, let me say that the definition of credibility today, when you look in the dictionary, and by the way, if anyone's listening, I've not made any attempt yet, but I need to, to reach out to the Oxford Dictionary and other dictionaries and get, get an update to the definition. So the definition uh, in the dictionary today is the quality in which you are trusted. Now, what I'm gonna tell you is that's only one third accurate. Uh, the reason that's in place is if it, it stems back to the place where there are gatekeepers. And I'll just do the most the, the most basic case gatekeeper is the publisher, right? So, but the gatekeepers in the world for humans or, or, or three of the top gatekeepers are the book publishers. So who we're going to read, the broadcast media, who we're going to watch on the big and small screen and the music producers, who are, who are we going to listen to? And what those gatekeepers did at the time when there was really a small subset of gatekeepers who made decisions of who we were going to read, watch, and listen to. They said, these people are credible. And here's what they meant. And so that's where the definition, to me, that's where the definition stems from. What it meant was, oh, hey, this person's credible, so you should trust everything they say by their book so we as a publisher can make more money. Okay. That is not how the world lives today. Uh, because of the democratization of book publishing, because of the democratization of media, because everyone has a camera and a microphone. How the world works today is much broader and the definition of credibility needs to be much broader. And so, the way I've defined credibility is using the phrase that we all know. And what I'll say is credibility is the quality in which you are known. And by known, that means they know you, not that they know of you, that they actually know you. The quality in which you're liked and the quality in which you're trusted. So the definition of the dictionary is only one third accurate today. And under each one of those pillars, know, like, and trust, there are a, there's a total of 10 skills that we need to learn. And so I'll give you two just so you understand. So under the quality of being known, the most important and the number one, I'll give you the first and last skill. The first skill under being known and under the, the credibility framework is demonstrating your desire to serve others, essentially being a servant leader. And it is one of the most important things, you know, you, you need to also serve yourself to be able to serve others, all right? But you need to be a servant leader. And the last skill under the pillar of being trustworthy is being coachable. You know, because here's the cool part. In the old days, and so in the industrial age, the way the school system runs, we're supposed to learn from our teacher because they know everything and it's in the book. 
Well, guess what? They don't know everything. And even if it's in the book, it could be wrong. And so we learn from the community. We learn from all of us. And the, the proper way to teach, the proper way to learn, the proper way to grow is to build community in such a way where you can learn from each other and you could grow uh, with each other. And so the, the world needs to change and we need to be able to, in every situation possible, we need to be coachable. And so, so anyhow, there are 10 skills and, you know, in, in the TED talk, I go through all 10 and, and, and happy to go through more, but I just figured I'd let you take the, take the conversation where you thought it made sense. Yeah, no, those two make sense because I like, if I want to like, know and trust you, you need to serve and coach. And it's just interesting how those two elements apply to the like, know and trust to develop that quality of perfection in buying or selling or you know, teaching me to become the best version of myself. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and is that something you kind of discovered in, in interviewing the, you know, the 500 leaders of the world in some way? Yeah, it was really fascinating. Uh, I, I, the only thing I did, so with my undergrad, it was very cool that I actually did an undergrad, which by the way, I stumbled onto, um, but I actually did an undergrad that helped me through my entire life. And so when I was doing the this research, I didn't have to read anything on how to do a statistically significant survey, how to keep track of what we're doing, how to report the results. They, it just was in me. I understood. And what I didn't know when I started, I didn't really have a good idea of of credibility other than I read the definition today. I didn't understand the importance of breaking it into the three elements, know, like, and trust. One of the things that I have to do though, is I have to people have to get people to recognize it's not that they know of you, right? It's they know you. And, and this is one of those that, that maybe I'll give you the four, the four skills that are part of, of people knowing you. They need to, as I already mentioned, they need to know your, your servant leadership. They also need to understand your intent and commitment to do the right thing, right? That's really important. Now, I had not yet defined what the word right means. It's a year later, and I'm still trying to figure out what that means. But generally speaking, it, it's, it's along the lines of not having hate in your life. So not having hate and being a servant leader is where is what leads to doing the doing showing and demonstrating the intent to do the right thing. And and the fourth component or the fourth skill associated with with uh, the being known pillar of credibility is having internal integrity. Now, Aaron, I have to tell you something that it took me 11 months to figure out. So in doing the interviews, one of the first things that popped up is no like and trust. And remind me to come back to that because although we say the word no like and trust, it really is a different order. So remind me to come back to that. Okay. What happened is of the 10 skills, one of them was twice. The word integrity just kept popping up and showed up twice. So I have the word integrity under the pillar of being known. I have the word integrity again under the pillar of being trustworthy. And it took 11 months after p 
publishing the book, uh, finishing the research, publishing the book, doing that, even in the even in the TEDx talk I did, I, I knew I needed integrity twice. I knew it was that important, but I didn't know why. And it was it was literally about 11 months after the research was done that I just woke up one morning and I go, oh, that's obvious. It was obvious after the fact. So integrity is under being being known. Integrity is also under being trustworthy. The, the integrity associated with being known is your internal integrity. So for instance, if you're on a diet, do you cheat? A lot of people go, oh, wait, maybe I could sort of, you know, have one more piece of and fill in the blank, right? Yeah. The integrity associated with being trustworthy is your demonstrated external integrity. How do you show up in everything you do? And, you know, how many times have you read of a politician or a company that because the CEO or the politician did something which they thought from an internal integrity perspective was something that was loose, that it affected their external integrity in terms of how they show up. And so it, it's another one of those things from, I haven't looked at the definition of integrity, but my guess is that needs to be slightly updated as well. Wow. Um, so the like, no trust, is that the right combination or are there a different combination? Aaron, thank you for remembering. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, it's really fascinating. So let's say you don't know somebody. And one of the things that I, I did is I actually now turn the interviews. I turn the inter interviews into a product that we sell. And it turns out that the, the goal, and I, this wasn't true at the beginning, but what we can do now is five questions in five minutes. So Aaron, let's say I don't know you or you don't know me. And you watched, I call it a cred reel. It's a credibility shine video. You watched my cred reel. And that cred reel was four and a half minutes or five minutes long. You know, it's enough time and it, it should be engaging enough to keep your attention. And you actually get to, and let me give you the order. The first thing that needs to happen before you even decide to waste any time on me is you need to trust that I'm worth spending time on. So the way it works is I need to trust you first that you can really do what you say you're going to do and that that it's worth spending time learning a little bit more about me or a better way to think about it. It's worth spending time getting to know me. So it's really trust, no like. And, and so in the interviews, typically what happens, those first three questions that I do focus on trust. You know, the first question is, hey, what is your CPOP? You know, as I mentioned, the audience that I serve typically um, are businesses that feel invisible. Uh, tell me more. Then I talk about what is it that I actually do to those businesses that feel invisible. And then the third question is, well, what gives you credibility to do what you do? And, and this is another piece of research that I didn't know the answer of before I did the research. I can tell you now. Other than professions like doctors and lawyers and accountants, where there's specific things you need to know, the PhD in the School of Hard Knocks carries more weight than the PhD from the academic institution. Mm 
Wow. It's quite amazing. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, for the video person who's doing the editing, we've got a really clean script and I like the blank air. Like when you get a wow and there's a little bit of silence, I'm going to encourage you to keep that in there. Because <laughs> okay. kinesthetically, and even this part, what I'm sharing right now, kinesthetically, what happens when you hear something that's a bop, that's a mic drop, we, we call them mic drops, right? But yeah. when you hear something that's a mic drop, when the host is temporarily speechless because all of a sudden a concatenate of images flood your brain, you want your audience to feel what you're feeling. And you're doing such a great job of being present in this conversation. I don't think I'd edit this, this at all. I'd keep it as is. Me too. I'm thinking that too. <laughs> um, in everyone you've interviewed, what's one piece of advice you kind of picked up from that has influenced Mitchell Levy as the person himself instead of the guy writing the book? Hmm. Hmm. You know, I think it's, it, first of all, I started with the intent of writing a book and I ended up realizing there was something so much more. And so I probably, before I started this, purpose was one of those words that was a little bit frou-frou for me. Right. I, I kind of thought because I, I one of the things in my bio, I sat on the board of a public company, a Nasdaq company for uh, for nine years. And, you know, there's all these things that people teach you to follow a process and your 30 second elevator pitch and running your purpose, your per and all, most of the stuff that we are taught is all bullshit. And I don't mean that from a perspective of, once again, it's not necessarily mean or malevolent or malicious. It's just things that did work in the past at a certain point in time for a certain class of individuals. And one size fits all doesn't really work anymore. And so what I'd encourage people to do, what I learned for myself is, and I, by the way, I still forget every now and then, but living my living my purpose, living my CPOP, both the bigger one and the smaller one. And so I'll give you an example. Um, so one of the guys who I uh, interviewed, a guy by the name of Lucas Root, Lucas runs um, new product development and operations for the Pokemon company. Ooh. Guys, he stood out because his first interview he he basically showed up and he wasn't really ready. And so I helped him articulate his CPOP. He came back a second time. We did the interview. And probably three or four later, three or four weeks later, he paid me to do it again. And that that last time he did it was absolutely spectacular. And it allowed me to see him and who he was and what he was doing. And, and we now have a couple of businesses we're, we're running together. And so one of the things that's interesting is, is I, I just came back from an event. It was my first event since 
COVID started. Other than I did fly to Las Vegas to to actually do the TEDx, and that was in January of 2021, and uh, and I was panicked because I was pre pre vaccination. So this was my first event, and before I went, one of the things that was interesting is I was I was invited at this event to be up on the stage uh, a couple times. And I kind of was thinking I was going to get on stage and when I'm on stage, take my mask off. And and Lucas, as an accountability partner for me, sort of said something that made me realize that I need to be me all the time. Right. I can't just be me for some of the time. And, and if, if it's if because, you know, when you talk through a mask, it sounds slightly muffled. And because even though. I'm vaccinated. I'm still concerned about bringing COVID back to my family. That I wore the mask almost all the time. I mean, I didn't wear it in a shower, right? Um, and so when I got on stage twice, I kept the mask on. I was the only one of all the all the speakers who kept the mask on. And what happened is. I learned the importance of being so fundamentally focused on my purpose and and the easy recognition when somebody says something that they're acting as accountability partner. And, and it was that one thing that, that Lucas said, and it was like, hey, just be be you. Show up the way you want other people to see you and the way you want other people to be living themselves. And, and so I, I think, I think Aaron, about a bunch of things. And when people, like somebody asked me even yesterday, hey, what, what are the benefits of, of being part of the membership community, Credibility Nation? And I woke up this morning, and because what I try to do yesterday is I try to fit into the mold that I've been taught. Okay, it does this, a simple sentence. It has these three bullet points. And then this is fundamental, right? It's sort of that, that, that approach. And I realize that doesn't work for what we're doing here. So let me, let me tell you what I came up with this morning and, and it'll probably morph slightly or a number of times before I finish it. But what I came up this morning, what's the, why would somebody want to be part of Credibility Nation? It is to be able to learn and can contribute to how one can live, work, and play credibly and surround yourself with others on the same journey. And then I was going to stop it at that. What do you think about that? I think like it's what your mission is. You know, your mission is to create credible people with human quality, you know? So it felt comfortable for you, like you understood it. I, un I understood it because, you know, if someone asked me who you are, I'd say he's the guy who connects credibility with love and humanity and the person that can identify the organicism of what we're here to make and be and do. Oh, I want, by the way, that what you just said, I want I want your video, your, your video guy to grab that as a clip so I can play it on my site. <laughs> OK, cool. <laughs> <laughs> And when you came with that um, this morning, what did you feel? This was the right fish that you wanted to have. 
Oh, it felt really comfortable. It, it, it's, it was interesting. And, and maybe this is part of what did I learn? I mean, going back to your question, what did you learn from all the interviews? Somebody asked me a question. This was yesterday. Somebody I met who I actually know, love and trust. And I tried to answer it in the way that I thought she wanted to hear it. And I left the conversation going, that wasn't good enough. It, it didn't, I, I could feel it in her bones that I didn't give her the answer she wanted. She just didn't say it. And so when I woke up this morning, I kind of thought, wait a second. It, it really is as simple as what I just explained. And I should just stop and let people recognize, because if people can pick up your, your gestalt of what you just said, based on that statement, that's perfect. As, as a guy who feels people around them and on Skype or Zoom, is that stressful and energetically tacking on yourself throughout the whole day? No, not for me. It is for some people, right? It's, you know, there are people who call themselves empaths. And, and what happens is they, they, they feel and allow the emotions of others to actually enter their body and, and to take over their body. And empaths sometimes feel very emotionally drained. For me, whether or not I'm an empath or not, um, for me, I, I've been working out of my, uh, this is my garage, by the way, and, and I've been working out of my garage, I've been working out of my house since 1997. And I love a deep conversation. That's why I was looking forward to this, this one. I love deep conversations and I, 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 share an energy when I talk with somebody that it's it's comfortable for you to say whatever you want because there's no judgment. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think this fuels me. It doesn't it doesn't deplete me. Right? I guess the answer to the your question is, hey, does it is it draining? No, I, I absolutely love it. What's what's draining is that occasional person where we recognize it doesn't work. And it it just, you know, so for instance, I, I'm fairly open on my calendar when somebody reaches out to me and says, how would you like to talk? And, and, you know, if you've been on LinkedIn for more than five minutes, you've been approached by a number of people who want to sell you lead generation, right? And, and so when they say, hey, I'd love to talk to you, uh, you know, and, and explore who you are and what you're doing, that's their way of saying, hey, I'd like to figure out who you are so I could say you're my product, right? And so what I do when I prepare for a meeting, and by the way, part of, part of being credible, and this is under the pillar of being likable, is, is one of the, the two components is showing respect by showing up when you show up. So if you go to a meeting, it is absolutely important that you come early, you come prepared, and you come with your heart. And so I would, when I have a meeting with somebody, even if, if, even if, if coming prepared means you're spending five minutes Googling their name and figuring out what you see, 
And so I, I come to every meeting sort of with an expectation. What do I want? What do I want to get out of this? What is the person more importantly? What would it be success? Whether we have a, a half hour or an hour, or, or in this case, an hour and a half scheduled, what is success for the person on the other side? And what happens is there are some people who don't show up asynchronously. Oh, by the way, that was a great lesson. What I've learned is, is using the terms synchronous and asynchronous versus online and offline. So there are some people who just don't reinforce who they are asynchronously. So when I get in a conversation with somebody like that, who possibly wants to sell me something, there's something I ask them at the beginning of the conversation. And the question I ask them, Aaron, is what would be a good outcome from our call today? Now, those people who are smart, articulate, purpose-driven, credible, they, they're going to say something along the lines of, you know, I, I just wanted to know a little bit more about you so I could, I could recommend you to others because I think there's people in my network who need you. Like that's, that's the really high end question. Or it could just be, I don't know what I want. I just want to get to know you better. That's a great question. However, I've had people say, are you ready? I want to tell you who I am and what we do so I can have you use our product. And I will make you a single guarantee that conversation never goes the way the person on the other side expects it to go. Holy moly, you wouldn't think this. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, you're, you feel too, right? You've got a kinesthetic yeah. personality and, and what happens is sometimes when you ask people the most basic questions, that's a basic question, mm -hmm. right? What is the intent of, that's really what you're saying. It, it's the, it's under the being known, it's having the intent and commitment to do the right thing. So what is the intent of this conversation right now? And, the, and they actually gave me an, an honest answer. And what, what happens is, and, and so, if I have a half hour on my calendar, I'm going to spend the half hour. What I did though, in, in, in one of the scenarios that pops to mind is I mentioned why that didn't work for me. And I, and I sort of started poking, who are you? Where'd you come from? It turns out that particular person came from a Indian call center and that's what they were taught. That's his lessons. So, he didn't do anything bad. He just did what he was taught. And what he was taught by the company he was taught was to, you know, it's a call, it's, it's a volume business. And, and it, more people on the line, the more people you have, you, you know, you, you, you request, the, the better chance you're going to close. And I think, I think what I'm coming to a conclusion with, Aaron, and, and this is something that I still struggle with, it's not a volume business. It's not about numbers. It's about helping humanity. And in some cases, that's one at a time. That's that's amazing because how can you help millions if you can't help one, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, 
the f- success is what it can be but I think when we're serving for others and for ourselves success is what we're passionate about and I wonder if you could go back to your younger self and show them all the things you've learned now would be the same journey that you experienced up to now that's always a that's always a good question for most people and and I'll I'll say, by the way, let me answer that question directly and, and say, no, I want to live. I, I would live my life exactly the same way I did. The mm-hmm. The only difference I would say is that I should have bought more Amazon and hold on to it. <laughs> As we all do. Right. So, yeah. but the answer, the answer to that question is you're, you're the person you are today because of the, the journeys you went through and you were put on this earth to go through those journeys and those things, when you look at the purpose that people are passionate about today, typically it stems from an origin story. And the origin story is typically early on in their lives, this is something they had problems with. This is something that wasn't relevant to them. This is something they had to overcome. And because they overcame it, they want to encourage others to overcome it themselves. And typically when you dive deep into the interviews like you're doing, and I'd encourage you to look at some of your past interviews that most of the time, the person who's passionate about what they're doing today, they're purposeful driven. They needed to go through their origin story to get to where they are now, as as did I. Yeah, it's, it's like a movie. You got to go through the beginning to get to the middle, to get to the end. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, if if there's I'll ask this one and we'll finish it up because I know you said you had another call here at the end of the hour so oh if if possible but if not I'll, I'll spend the time with you no no we'll, I'll respect your time and we'll, we'll finish we'll finish on the top of the hour um so let's just say you've all the resources you've all the people around you to do your your mission on the planet and you are successful would you still do it or would you do something different oh yeah beautiful question oh i i'm doing right now i'm i'm living my purpose this is at some point in time the answer to that question should be yes that i'll have all the resources we'll do everything we have and this will be this is the final well let me not, let me let me not say the word final let me not close because i don't know where where life is 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 going to bring me and what other things may may open up but what i'll say is it feels so comfortable being uh being right now the vessel and the beacon for something that the world needs. And, and that is we, 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 we need to show up differently. You know, you, you've seen all the same science fiction movies I have and the trajectory of the world of where we're going has so many elements to so many bad movies and bad books in terms of what could happen. And we, are doing a phenomenal job of destroying the ability for humans to live on this planet 
And this has to happen. And this has to happen now. And and once it happens, whatever that might mean, there's still we're not talking about there's not a destination, right? It, we don't it doesn't just stop. I truly believe credibility in humanity is is a journey. And that journey continues and will continue. And it it'll change over time as the tools that we have at our disposal to increase the ability of, of things that we do to change. By definition, we're going to have to change some of the, the definitions and the focus and the, and the common threads and common purposes. And so to answer your question, the bigger, the bigger CPOP, the bigger customer point of pain I have is humans that want to be seen as credible. And that, I don't believe that changes for me uh, while I'm living or afterwards. Extraordinary. Mitch, if we want to find out more, where can we go to learn and explore more about who you are and what you are? You know, I, I mean, you could always Google Google my name. Um, I'd encourage you to come over to Credibility Nation. It's credibilitynation.com. You know, we do at the moment, uh, and this is probably going to be true for at least a year or two, we do a five-day challenge once a quarter. So come and join. We've been priced out. What we should be charging for Credibility Nation is $100 a month, and we charge $10 a month. It's $100 a year. So instead of charging $100 a month, we charge $100 a year. So come and join Credibility Nation. Poke around. Take a course to learn your CPOP. Engage and interact with other people who are also on the journey of credibility. Journey of being of being part of humanity and you know that 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 would be the best way to start and and you can always once you get on you could always reach out to me directly with private messaging i'm i'm on a lot of the social media platforms but come and join me over at credibility nation and start the transformation for yourself Mitch, it's been a pleasure having on. It's been fun. And thank you so much for sharing your story, knowledge, and experience. And it's been a blast. Aaron, thank you. Uh, you know, I figured this would be unique and interesting and fun. And it was all of the above. And I, I appreciate you listening, being focused, um, and, and and being the type of interview to viewer that brings out things that I have not said before. So thank you. Appreciate it. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.